Oh my god. I can't believe I just ate all that bacon. But in another and just as accurate way, I can totally believe it. Hello, Jody? Uh, hello. Hey, Pat. Is this... Hey, how you this doing? Is still, this is still a thing we do. <laughs> um, not recently. We, we've had a we've had a, a hiatus, but um, it's the thing we're doing right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it seems like we mostly remember how to do this. Yeah, it, it is cool, and I'm excited about it. You know, you're no Dr. Drew, but <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out for Mr. Pieces. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'm certainly not. Um, I'm not a doctor, but um, I, I know a lot about love. And podcasting. <laughs> I know a little bit about podcasting. I probably know a lot about podcasting at this point. Uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, Jody. I've been filling all the time that I used to use to to make this show with other people's oh. shows. Okay. You've gone from creating to consuming more? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, um, I think I might have reached a Jody level consumption of, of podcasts. I'm not even kidding. Well, you did say you switched to uh, the nice... Um, Pocket Casts yeah, it's really uh, good. app on your Android phone. so Well worth the, the $4 or whatever it was. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, that's that's other people's business. What's up with you? Uh, I have babies now. Yeah, so I hear. Actually, yeah. I saw them. Uh-huh. Yeah. We, we've been taking them around some places. Yeah, um, socializing them. Yeah, socializing them. You know, they, they played a little trivia the other day. Keep it, That's true. Uh, trying to keep them noise tolerant. You know, you don't want the... Don't want the babies. You have to be quiet around. Right, right. Trivia was pretty loud, though. Yeah, that was too loud. Um, yeah. I could just hear my mother. My mother's <laughs> voice in my head. You're damaging their hearing. Right. Their eardrums are delicate. Right. So, I had to take them outside. Yes. We were kind of right next to the monitor. Yes, yes. You were also... Also, the, the babies were stationed under the bar <laughs> yes. in such a way that... People were using that gap that they created because there were no, you know, full-size persons there to lean over and order beers. Yeah, that, <laughs> that concerned me a little bit too. I didn't want somebody <laughs> sp- spilling a beer on one of my sons. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. My uh, my partner was also was also concerned. She uh, she whispered something in my ear about uh, if somebody spills a beer on Jody's babies, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to freak out. Uh, but that that didn't happen, so that was good. No, yeah, we went. We went outside. Still got to participate in the trivia, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we didn't win though. No, I think we finished uh, uh, fourth or fifth in the end, and only the only the top three teams get prizes. So okay, didn't happen for us this week, but you know, maybe tomorrow we're gonna go again tomorrow. So ah, right, Tomorrow's it's a, it's every Sunday. Sunday again. Okay. Yep. So okay, you have babies. Uh, I've seen them. They've been out in the world a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell us, tell us more. What's what's this? What's this like? This journey? Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, that, the only reason I'm I can have some time to podcast right now is that uh, my in laws have absconded with the babies. Mm. They actually took them away. Uh, sure. To their house for a few days. Nice. It's a lot of work. Yes. It's it's little sleep. Sure. I'm two months into it. A little, like two months and a week into it. Yeah. And um, it's pretty cool. They're starting to smile and, like, you know, interact with you a little bit. Okay. But uh, they're still very needy blobs. Yeah. That don't uh, that don't stay asleep for very long. No. Or converse in any any cogent fashion. Right. Okay. Yeah, it, 
Well, all right, that's a good um, high-level overview. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, but do you have other questions? I'm sure you have other questions. Well, I mean, um, nothing specific. I'm sure that I will hear from listeners like my partner, who often tells me I don't ask the right questions. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be some follow-up questions um, if if we get around to a, episode 53. But okay, um, what was the what was the delivery like? I I, I remember we were we were texting back and forth because. I heard you guys were going to the hospital. You you told me, so I did know about that. Yeah. Unlike most things in this saga, I knew about that before most people. But um, yeah, so you were one of the few people I uh, I was texting. Yeah. Uh, when I would get a, a spare minute. Um. So the hospital was mostly fine, like you know the blood pressures and heartbeats and all of that stuff were were like rock solid wood grain. Activate no the ping machine. Yeah, we could see it up on the monitor. It was cool. Cool. Lots of lots of interesting waveforms in the in the hospital room. All right. Yeah, didn't you? I, I'd have to check my text history. Didn't you send me a picture of the monitor at one point? Yeah, I did. With it the was data, so, all the crazy uh, data. Okay. On, the, uh, on this big monitor, so that was you know my wife's heartbeat and blood pressure, and each baby's heartbeat and blood pressure, or well, I guess heartbeat. Sorry, can't we, get their their blood pressures, but uh, you need a really tiny cuff. Putting it on would be a challenge, especially with two of them. So, uh, it was like, you know, easy labor for most of the day. Yeah. But then not progressing fast enough as we okay. got later in the evening. Um, and then finally, it was uh, C-section time. So, right. it, went, it went from a, you know, a long, slow process to suddenly a couple hours of craziness to, you know, now Jody has to face uh, an operating room. Oh, boy. But I did really well. Okay. I didn't I did pass out. So you, you know, I didn't make didn't make more work for anybody. So you were in there? I was in there. In the OR? In there. Okay. Yes. I was uh, on the top side of the curtain. The top side. So you mean you could see your wife's face, but not what was happening in the belly area? Right. Okay. Exactly. All right. Did you, you you didn't want to peek? No, I I, I didn't. I would I, I would have had to look. We've uh, we've talked about this. I, that is not. It's just not for me. Oh, I don't think it's for anybody. I think it's horrifying. <laughs> but, but I I would still have to look. Yeah, uh, I was actually you know struggling to find places that I could look. Okay. Because one, like the whole right side was a uh, like reflective glass oh, cabinets. Boy. Sure. And I could sort of see around the side of the curtain, and I just, oh, man. you know, my head kept wandering over there, and I'm like, nope, nope, don't look over there. <laughs> Stop that. Yeah. Okay. All right. But but um, but, but, they, but you did it. I did it. Uh, and she did it. And the, she did and the it. doctors did their jobs. And yes, um, that was pretty cool. Um, being in just such a a serious um, area, I guess. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. li- listening to them count out uh, their their hardware before and after, you know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff Checklists. like stuff like that was uh, was kind of cool to uh, to get to witness. Not that I was paying a whole lot of attention because <laughs> yes, you were. Because then all, you the, all of a sudden there were uh, there were babies. Um, sure. And uh, that was pretty cool. They right right from the get go they look very different. They are not identical. Okay. Um, Baby so A that, that was mis- that mystery is solved. Yeah, Baby A was all sorts of kicking and wiggling and uh, kicked the delivery nurse in the head while 
trying to clean him off. Good for him. And uh, Baby B was uh, much more reserved and larger. So. Okay, so he just he just greeted that same cleaning procedure with uh, like a scornful look. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't open his eyes really for at least the first few days. And Baby A has been eyes wide the whole time. Okay. Are, are, what about the sizes? Are they are they the same size? Uh, they were a pound apart. At birth. That's kind of a lot, right? I mean, well, yeah, I, all of the sonograms and stuff had them right at the same weight the whole time, so we thought they'd okay. be, <laughs> we thought they'd be the same, and then it's like, oh no, baby B, you've been, you've been, uh, <laughs> you've been too long at the water fountain, you know, or whatever. I don't, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> is, is that an expression? <laughs> no, I, I don't know where I got that from. Cut that out. Okay. Um, right. You know, he'd been he'd been stealing the uh, the mom nutrients. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, All right. So, but the, yeah, both both healthy, both good. Mm-hmm. And now, two months later, they're, oh, geez, 10, 10 and a half pounds and 12 pounds. Okay. So, there's still uh, still like a, a 20% difference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, geez, what else? Sleep deprivation is no joke. Ooh. No, it's, it's, it's not funny at all. Um, I mean, I went to college. You know, sure. I had a crazy sleep schedule then, but I, I, I do. I like to sleep. Oh yeah. So I would always sleep, you know, at odd times. But now I just, you know, don't get to. It's 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 kind of weird. And I have a bunch, a bunch here of the of the thing it keeps reminding me of in the notes. Um, <laughs> I, I like I like. Did you like this? Uh, I couldn't yeah. tell if it was too yeah. silly. So no, no, no. I want you to talk about this. Okay. When you're you're a you're a scuba diver type person. True. A very experienced scuba diver type person. Yep. And I just keep thinking of my checkout dives. Okay. When they take you down there, you know, it'll be your like your deep checkout dive. And they, So this is this is in the process of getting your, your, your license to scuba dive. Yes, yes. Thank you. An instructor takes you down and uh, just make sure you can handle it all out there in the real world of, of water. Yes. And you gotta do some drills, you know, like yeah. find your regulator and clean out your mask and that, and that sort of stuff but sure they'll also usually do uh, bring down a little uh, whiteboard you know and make you do some math problems or maybe make you draw a little picture yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know and I remember thinking oh I, I'm gonna rock this this is gonna be awesome sure you know and then yeah I can do math yeah sure I mean come on some addition I can math underwater yeah and boy you know I draw a little little picture of the fish that I'm looking at and uh, get that back to the surface and <laughs> I think, oh, oh no! What is this? This is terrible. What have I done? This wasn't me. Yeah, it, it, you get back to the surface, and it, it looks less like the cartoon fish you were imagining, and and more like a Rothko. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah, and it, it, you just you can't quite fathom how affected your senses <laughs> and things are with the circumstances you're in. You know. Yeah. So. Well, because you can't – that's a good example, I think, of how when you're in the moment underwater drawing the thing, you can't get out of that moment. And uh, But then literally just 10 minutes later, you are out of that moment. You're in a totally different context and you can look back with perfect clarity and evaluate how impaired you were yeah. at, at depth. Um, and, and we don't get – we as, as human beings don't get that many opportunities to do that. Like usually the – the reveal, the out of context moment, 
where you get to appreciate how you know impaired or stupid you were being at the time is years later and that that softens everything and you don't <laughs> when, really get the contrast when you're grown up and wise up you mean yeah right exactly so i i think i think the the scuba diving analogy is a is a good one yeah it's hard to draw the fish sometimes um sure so yeah i'm like i'm constantly getting that now uh, and it's hard to draw the fish that's deep just we, yeah we have to keep a logbook it seemed oh, it yeah? seems so stupid to me um at the no i totally get at this at the time but other otherwise you're going to be Brian Williams zinging it up in a in a couple of months you know you just you tell the the narrative that that your brain wants to tell instead of what actually happened you need a lot yeah and uh, well i mean you think well i'm going to remember who i fed in an hour <laughs> but no i wouldn't in an hour it's like <laughs> oh no was that a or b who did i feed yeah check the log yeah check the log that makes sense yeah, this. I mean, all right. So this is the second time I've been thinking uh, in this this brief recording about the checklist manifesto because you mentioned the doctors counting out their equipment, make sure nothing got left in a belly. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about you and your logbook, um, making sure which you know each baby gets fed. That's just, this is uh, this is the new thought technology of uh, you know applying checklists to everyday situations. It's smart. Is there is checklist manifesto a trademark? A-L-Y-T? Or is there a uh, no, no, sorry. page on that, that somewhere? That was a, a book that was very influential uh, in the medical community. I forget the author, but I have the internet. So Atul Gawande might have mutilated his name there. Sorry about that. Uh, from 2009. Oh. And it, it was basically about how uh, specifically medical professionals, but other kinds of professionals as well, should start uh, using checklists the same way that pilots do, you know, before they get in the, before they take yeah, off. Yeah, the pilots really have the whole checklist thing down. Yeah, and they have for a long time. There was some, when he was first trying to popularize this idea, there was some pushback, as I recall. I remember hearing uh, interviews with this guy on maybe John Stewart or maybe Colbert, you know, he was doing the rounds when the book was new okay. six years ago. So I, I have a, you know, foggy memory of, of, of where I saw him. But he was saying there was, there was pushback, which was reminiscent of the, you know, the, the Semmelweis guy who tried to get doctors to start washing their hands and they were all indignant <laughs> that he should request that they wash their hands between the morgue and the delivery room, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know the, the, that story I'm talking about? I think so. Apparently, the um, the checklist guy got similar pushbacks that, you know, doctors were uh, initially reluctant to uh, – they felt like the professionalism was being called into question by this idea. Um, but those who have adopted it there, – there was, you know, some crystal clear research on – how this saved lives, um, oh, and the, from, the uh, fact that from my side of the curtain, there was absolutely nothing more professional. Absolutely, yeah. Th- than having to do that. Yeah, I think that initial skepticism about the idea has long since gone, and it's been adopted uh, very widely because uh, the evidence on this is crystal clear that this this works. This saves lives, prevents accidents, present, prevents lawsuits. Uh, you know, everybody's better off. So, link to checklist manifesto in the show notes, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Talking of which. Where would we go? Um, you know, the royal we, the editorial. Oh, to, uh, uh, to the listening, for... the listening we. Yes. Uh, that would be gtradio.net mm-hmm. slash a l y t slash fifty two. That's right, because this is the uh, the fifty second episode of your of your program. Right. Well done. I I I, I, w- I wanted to ask you before you had a chance to ask me because I was afraid <laughs> I was <laughs> afraid I would screw it up. <laughs> both a little rusty. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. So you you keep a log. Make sure the babies get fed. That's that just is smart. Yeah. Log all the inputs and outputs. A tool Gawande would approve. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Talking about outputs, you you had a little note here about um about your diaper technologies. My diaper technologies. Yeah. Did you did you delete that about uh, diaper genie? Oh yes. I I hate the diaper genie. The diaper genie is a scam. Everyone. Listeners, it's a scam. <laughs> it's like Herbalife, or uh, oh, we better cut that out. I think Herbalife is—they uh, just won a lawsuit. Oh, yeah, cut that and, out. Yeah, okay. So, you know, you get one as a gift at a shower or whatever, because sure. uh, uh, you know the diaper genie people really have uh, have that name brand recognition uh, on all, on all sorts of lockdown. Oh, it's out there. Yeah, even Every, I know what this is. And everybody knows it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's okay. It comes with you know all, everything you need to uh, to get started. But in the end, it was too complicated. It was always either full or clogged, or both. Okay. And <laughs> like the 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 bag refills cost like eight or nine dollars a piece. That seems expensive for a bag. They don't last that long. Well, you you are using them. I would expect at nearly double the rate, but. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I, I just decided this is this is crazy. Like a garbage can with a pedal and a lid <laughs> will keep the smell down just as well, and the refills are way cheaper. You know, so they have some sort of bespoke bag you have to use. Yeah, so for nine dollars, the, the deal is it's a it's a continuous cylinder bag, uh huh, and you tie off the end, uh huh, and you pass it through these this like little claw mechanism okay so that when you step on the pedal the lid pops up these little hands are waiting in there to receive your nasty diaper creepy and then when you then you you drop it in there uh-huh. and you lift off the pedal lid closes and the the hands flip the other way to then drop it down into the long part of the bag okay. down below and it's you know this thing is a it's about the size of a you know a waist-high garbage can. But because of all the mechanism and stuff in there, it just doesn't hold that much. I see. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's always always full. And then once it gets full, it, you can't, you know, the little hand grabber mechanism doesn't work as well. And, uh, terrible. Okay. All right. So and no one ever tells you when it's full. Yeah. That's the thing. With the little you hands, don't, they don't, like, give you a, a signal? Well, they do. They keep, you know, by throwing the diapers anymore. back out at you. <laughs> that sounds like the worst feature of all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm uh, down down on the diaper genie. It is okay. now in my garage. Uh, if if you know anybody who wants a slightly used diaper genie, they are welcome to it. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we, we, that's out there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. Uh, what else? What else is going on with the with these two? With the babies? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, is it two? All right, so we're two months in. Yeah, you're, you're you're keeping a log, which is smart. And are you are you logging things that they do besides uh, inputs and outputs? Like, are they um are they looking at mobiles yet? Are they putting their feet in their mouth? Uh, like I don't know what the what the milestones are. Yeah, uh, I don't either, really. Um, and no, is I, that important? I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, overall, that yes, they're progressing at the rate that they should be yeah but you know 
so far, you can't just you get that by going to your regularly scheduled pediatrician visits. You know, he looks he looks at their uh, their response, sensory responses, and see if they'll you know weight bear on their legs or whatever. So okay. Uh, so how often? That's a now that I mean, that's interesting to me. How often do you have to visit the pediatrician with with new babies? At first, it was once a week for a couple of weeks. And then it was once every two weeks, and now we've just cleared the two-month visit, so we're once a month now. Okay. So that, that's that's a lot. Like, I, I think about, you know, the maintenance schedule on a new car or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is a lot more frequent than that. Yeah. Uh, it's it is, it is kind of like having a new car. Yeah. A really fussy Fiat or something. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, they, yeah, so they're doing well. Sometimes I feel guilty about not, you know keeping the the warm fuzzy logbook with uh you know how many smiles per day and uh, nobody looks at that i i just i can't i can't do it yeah no, <laughs> I, can't. I i would just go ahead and give yourself permission to not feel guilty about that i have i keep doing that uh you know my my mother-in-law and my mother are, are kind of taking care of some of that so i just exactly yeah, you, i just you, have to you, leave that to them you want to outsource that to the to the other generation that makes sense so yeah, um, I've had, speaking of uh, grandmothers, um, mm-hmm. tons of help from uh, my in-laws, from my mom, um, and from the the other various people that we uh, we actually pay to to help us. <laughs> so, okay. Sure. Yeah, it uh, it certainly would not come off nearly so well were it not for all of the people we have around. And and actually, our main uh, babysitter got sick week before last. Uh, oh dear. Right as my wife was going back to work at the bank for the first time. Oh, all right. It was that. It was that same week. So that was uh, that was a pretty crazy week. But okay. Got through it. And uh, well, yeah, so yeah, we're still takes still a, going. Takes a village. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, I heard that. Takes a village to raise anything. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, you you got to sleep okay. Last night, right? Yeah, last two nights. Uh, that must be good. Been no babies in the house. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would think that, that that would just be prime. I mean, I would just be trying to sleep for, you know, days. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I would miss it. I don't I don't mess around with, with sleep much anymore. Like, I, I used to cavalierly uh, cut sleep hours in order to do other things that I found fun, uh, like even during the work week. And I just can't, I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> okay. You know, I used to go, do you remember when the boys would go out every Tuesday night until like 3 a.m.? Yeah, I, I used to be a part of that often. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, Tuesday night till, sometimes I would leave before them, sometimes not, but till, you know, Midnight, one, two, three, and then up the next morning at uh, at five forty-five, and off to work. And it was, you know, like you said, we, you know, in college these things were these things were normal, but we were twenty, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the, the different rules apply. Uh, but uh, all right, well, you sound like you're you sound like you're holding it down just fine. All right, that's good. I yeah, once again. Fish, fish drawing is difficult. Sure, it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to know. Sure. Well, and and hmm. 
makes me wonder if if you shouldn't keep uh, a little a little sketchbook, you know, and you should be drawing fish once or tw- <laughs> you know once or twice a week. Uh. And or well, you know, maybe maybe some non-literal version of this, but uh, you know, the the non-stupid version would be like you know a diary of yeah, some type, yeah, or just you know a. When, I don't even like saying the word diary. Like I would never keep a diary, but I would keep a, a journal. You know, I have a mole skinny that I could uh, dedicate to, you know, just just thoughts. Uh, and because you might want to look back at the fish once your head's above water in uh, twenty years. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's how true. long it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be twenty a- years, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a blog I left around here somewhere that I oh, that I suppose I could I could write on. Oh yeah, where's that? That, that's actually at, uh, you know what? I'm not going to say it. It's link in the, link in the show notes. Okay. All right. Um, you know, since since you brought that up, uh, I was okay. So my wife and I have taken on this um, th- this project just just purely for fun. There was a, um, a food critic here in the Tampa Bay area, Laura Riley. She writes for the Times. Okay. And I, I generally I, – I like her writing and uh, generally agree with her opinion about places. And she published this list that got a lot of – a lot of shares, a lot of, uh, a lot of action on the internets of the top 50 restaurants in Tampa Bay. And you know how my wife and I are both restaurant enthusiasts, uh, both for New Orleans restaurants, of course, but, but Tampa Bay ones for when we're not. <laughs> in New Orleans, uh, so we. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, trying to trying to schedule this very show with you last night, and you you were like blowing me off because you're at fancy dinner. Yeah, I was at fancy dinner, but uh, the 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 list. So this list of the top fifty places came out, and uh, I'll put a link to the list in the in the show notes. Uh, my wife and I uh, each looked at it, and we had both been to twenty nine, I believe, was the original count out of the fifty. So we thought, well, that's. I mean, I was kind of surprised because. I consider myself sort of a an expert on the restaurants of Tampa, but there were 21 of the theoretically best restaurants in the area to which I hadn't been. So we started working our way through this list, and this just happened to be around the same time as the Brian Williams uh, nonsense, and which, by the way, I think could have been a real teachable moment for people to to wake up to the fallibility of memory. Because there's no way Brian Williams deliberately lied. You know, he wasn't telling a right. fib to make himself sound cool. That would be the dumbest thing in the world, and Brian Williams is not a stupid man. He fell victim to the the extremely malleable nature of memory. What, what we know, what modern neuroscience teaches us about memory is that it's not like a hard drive where our, our cameras, you know, our eyes and ears are just feeding into it and we can recall later. That You know, we imagine it as a as a file cabinet or a, far, or a hard drive, but that's very wrong. And instead, it's like a little theater where each time you recall a memory, a little play goes on in your head at, where your, your, your brain characters put on a play to uh, retell the story, uh, to reconstruct the story of this memory. Memories are literally reconstructed every time you recall them. In fact, there's, there's research that reveals that the more often you've recalled a memory, the more often you've thought about a memory, the more likely it is to have changed, to have drifted from the reality, which is the opposite of what what you might 
initially hypothesized, right? That the more often you think about something, yeah. the clearer your recollection is going to be. But it's actually the opposite because you, you reconstruct a memory each time you recall it. So we know this and we also know that when memory drifts over time because of successive uh, successive recalls, that it drifts in a predictable way uh, to line up with the story you tell yourself about you, you know, the the narrative that your brain constructs about your past. You know, so all of us, when you think of who, who you are, who are you, Jody? Well, you, Jody, are a story you tell yourself, you know, and that, that story is in a lot of ways that makes people uncomfortable. That story is um, disconnected with reality <laughs> uh, a lot of the time. <laughs> so anyway, okay, so end of neuroscience lesson about memory, but this is what happened to Brian Williams, you know, clearly. And I thought that when that story came out, it could have been a teachable moment for people to wake up to the true nature of memory. And number one, cut the guy a little slack. You know, he, he handled he handled it in the yeah. best way he could. Yes, he, he ended up looking foolish uh, and that, you know, that's rough, but he handled it in the best way he could. And, and number two, recognize that a lot of the things that you believe you remember are probably wrong. And realize what that means about the story you tell yourself and realize what that means about other people and their intentions, you know, and this gets right to the fundamental attribution error, but I don't want to do somebody else's show. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, so it's your show. Because of that, my wife and I agreed we would each buy a brand new mole skinny. So I, I picked out a nice, uh, a nice green one, you know, the one with the built in bookmark. It's uh, you know, bigger than an index card, uh, but still fits in my pocket. Okay. We each got a new Mole Skinny notebook, and uh, I took the opportunity to get a new space pen because I just like getting new ones. And sure. dedicated these journals to restaurants. And we agreed that we wouldn't write about restaurants we'd been to in the past, that, you know, from the day of the purchase was the first day we were allowed to, to write in the book because, you know, recalling old memories um, is a fundamentally flawed approach. So we, we wanted these, these unclouded by time memories of restaurants or impressions of restaurants. And I, so we, we've been working our way through the list of the top 50 restaurants. Um, you know, the 21 to which we hadn't been. I, if I had prepared, I would have my journal here in front of me, but I don't. Um, uh, I think we've probably crossed off now eight or nine from that list of 21 that we were, that we needed to, to try. Uh, so we still have, we still have, uh, more than 10 to get to. But, um, yeah, so I've been, I've been writing my impressions in, in real time. You know, I take the journal to the restaurant, my little space pen, it gives us, gives us, uh, gives us something to do at the table other than, you know, uh, look like postmodern jackasses by staring at our phones. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, we compare and then, you know, we'll trade and I'll read hers and she'll read mine. And it's, and it's been, it's been kind of interesting, but a couple of times recently since I've been uh, doing this, this project, uh, project memories of best restaurants. I don't know what to call it. Uh, listeners, help me. I need a better name for my project. <laughs> Since I've been doing this project, a couple of times people have suggested that I publish these these little mini reviews, you know, that I put them up somewhere. Yeah, I was having that thought. Go okay, on. so, uh, you know, you, you did at one time offer or maybe I, maybe I just <laughs> asked you to do this. Uh, you, you, offered to uh, do the uh, the plumbing for a blog for me and I was thinking no that, think... that was my offer okay. uh, it's still still open all right well I was thinking uh, I, I might be ready to I might be ready to I think I have something to blog about you know so awesome um, 
uh, I could, and I have, I don't know, uh, 20 or so pages of uh, restaurant impressions uh, ready to go for uh, some initial content. And, and we're always trying new restaurants. So, oh, that's great. You know, shop around for a domain name. Yeah, need a domain uh, name. I need a name for the blog. Yeah, Hubbard.com, everybody. Good place for to get domain names. Sure. Not a sponsor. Not yet. Link in the show notes. Okay. Use the use the link. I get a kickback. Oh, okay. So they are kind of a sponsor. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Like in the, in the same way that the Amazon affiliates program is a sponsor. Exactly, exactly. We did make $4. Sponsored by Jeff Bezos. Oh, really? Yeah, we got $4. Oh, in oh yeah, you told me. Somebody bought the uh, grinder? The grinder and the AeroPress together. Ah. I think. I think that I, was I find that to be a great combination. It, it really is. I tell you what, uh, I, I we use a you know regular KitchenAid uh, drip coffee maker, and it's it's nice, and it makes good coffee. And KitchenAid makes a nice little appliance. But the coffee that I make on weekend mornings when I have all the time in the world, especially when – oh, excuse me. Especially when my partner is uh, is working as she is this morning. When she goes away to work and I have time to make my own coffee, I do pour over. So I just boil the, the water in a kettle on the stove and just pour it over a little glass funnel um, with you know bespoke filters that fit it. Uh, and – there really is a tremendous difference. You know, it's the same beans ground the same way by the same grinder, but that pour over coffee is, it's just delicious. It's, it's so much better. And I don't really know the difference. Like why, I mean, I look at how the coffee maker works and it's essentially the same. It boils water to squirt it up to the top. <laughs> it comes out of this shower head, you know, that, that the KitchenAid one is well designed. It's designed to sprinkle it evenly over the whole basket, not just, not just drip it in the middle like like a savage, uh, it, you know. In the same way that when I'm doing my pour over, I, I use a circular motion and I make sure I'm I'm very slowly and gently pouring the the hot water over all the grounds and that they're all getting you know. But but yeah, it's essentially old bachelor yeah. style coffee <laughs> well, on Saturday morning. It, yes, exactly. I love it. Um, it's a it's a ritual I really enjoy. Uh, but I do I just don't I don't know what the science is or why. I can perceive so clearly a difference in taste between the pour-over coffee and the coffee maker coffee. It may be an issue of cleanliness, but I try to keep my coffee maker really clean. Whereas the pour-over situation is always like, you know, sterile. I mean, it's always perfect. Uh, so it could just be that, but I don't know. If uh, any listeners have, have thoughts, uh, this is an area where my uh, my scientific uh, skepticism has has failed me. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question, why pour over coffee is so much better, but I am or maybe convinced. it's all in your head. You were well, just talking about the infallibility of your senses. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely understand that, um, you know, it, when people say that, oh, organic apples, they just taste so much better, they probably have never tried them back to back, and if they did, probably couldn't pick out the organic. You know, I understand the wine experts are full of <laughs> and all that stuff, <laughs> but I am pretty convinced, and I have... I guess I can't claim to have tried them back to back in a blind taste test, which is the right way to do this. Uh, so maybe I, I do need to do that. Uh, have my partner assist me. She's actually, <laughs> because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a skeptic. She has assisted me with many blind taste tests over the years. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> because yeah. that is the only true way to be honest about whether one thing is better than the other. So I am an enthusiast for rye whiskeys, as you, you probably know. And I've done blind uh, ABA testing of like six different rye whiskeys here in my home that my wife has helped run the test for me. So she knows <laughs> she knows which is which and she's 
pouring them, but I'm in a different room and don't know which is which. And she just, you know, because it's the only way, it's the only way to be sure. And it, it, do you know what, what the triangle test is? Triangle test. This is really difficult. No, I don't think so. So you, you need to do the triangle test. You need three glasses, but they contain only two of the things you're comparing. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, so at at, at uh, teacher happy hour uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we did this because uh, lately the teachers at, on Fridays after work we've been getting together at uh, this little microbrewery over on Benjamin Road called Six Ten, which is a nice place. I'll I'll they're they're very nice to us and they make a really good product, so I have no no problem promoting them. Six Ten Brewing on Benjamin Road, but. Um, we were comparing – they had uh, – you know, as microbrewers sometimes do, they'll make a couple of different versions of a new like test beer. And so they were working on a new IPA and they had three different versions of it. And they had like batch number, you know, 120, 125, and, and 128 or whatever. And they had all three on tap at the same time. <laughs> so we figured, well – <laughs> you know, this is this is a job for science. So we um, we ordered them all and got some extra glasses. And uh, so the way you do it is the triangle test. Rather than just testing A versus B versus C, you put A in one glass, B in a second glass, and then either A or B again in the third glass. Okay. And this is how to compare two things, because if you give just people two glasses and say this is A and this is B, they will instantly form an opinion because they know they're supposed to. And um, they know that they're different things in the different classes, so they just assume that they're supposed to look for differences. And when you set out to look for differences, you almost always find them. See previous rants about gender research. But the triangle test, you have three glasses. You know that two of them are the same, but you don't know which two. <laughs> and it can be surprisingly difficult to identify which two are the same. And if you can't tell which two are the same and which one's different – then whatever opinions you have about the nature of the difference are invalid, and you have yeah. to, and you just have to admit that to yourself. Oh, I like that. I've never heard of this. I was uh, gonna try and uh, you know make you feel guilty about not doing double blind tests with your uh, yeah with your partner, but uh, no, it's, no, that's this, hard to do. Yeah, this triangle thing uh, might uh, might be just as good. Yeah, it really does work. It really does work um, because you know when we when we did with the rye whiskeys at at my house, for example. Um, the lesser several whiskeys were easily pushed to the side, you know, like it, it was easy to determine the difference between the, uh, the, the, you know, I don't know, 16 to $18 bottles and the, the $25 bottles. Uh, but the difference between the $25 bottles and the $40 bottles, uh, the, the, the point of diminishing returns for rye whiskey seems to be at about 25 bucks, for me anyway. You know, other people may have more sophisticated palates or whatever, or they may just think they do and are probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, like I said, it, it was easy to dismiss some of the cheaper products, and then there were some other products that just that weren't necessarily because of cheapness, but just the the style wasn't for me. But there were, you know, I, I quickly realized that the the one I thought was my favorite. Um, I was overpaying because I could actually discern which one it was in the triangle test. So I passed the triangle test, but um, it wasn't it wasn't uh, fifteen dollars better. You know, it okay. wasn't it wasn't anywhere close to that. So I I started uh, I switched to the bullet, and I've been uh, drinking the bullet rye ever since because it's just a damn good product, and uh, spending fifteen dollars more isn't uh, isn't worth it. Yeah, I've had the bullet rye. It's tasty. Yeah, it's my favorite. Not a sponsor, but uh, 
No. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, I, yeah, well, I, I mean, that would be awesome. Jeez. That would be uh, on, high on my list of uh, products I'd like to sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, with your food blog, uh, take a letter. Sure. Contact Bullet Whiskey People. Yeah. You know, talking of sponsors, let me just slip this in real quick. Our our one actual uh, sponsor, that would be PricelessProjectsLLC.com. TCL over at Priceless Projects uh, is is working on a on a new one for me. More on that is on a second, but he just recently complete, completed a completely custom solid oak bed frame for some friend of friends of ours. Did you see that anywhere? I did not. No, it was up on the the social media, but uh, it's it really came out beautifully. Like I'm. I don't want to say surprise because that sound that sounds like I'm casting shade on his abilities, but it <laughs> it was impressive how professional the construction was, like down to the the metal parts and the welding and you know uh, the the wood parts. We all know he knows how to do that stuff, but uh, this was um, this looked like a professional piece from top to bottom, very sturdy with built-in storage underneath uh, that was all hidden. Uh, it's very very cool piece, but for me, he is adding upgrades to my uh, my watch winder, <laughs> the famous watch winder. Because I, I currently I can actually see it from where I'm sitting. I currently have five automatic watches in there that they are they are rotating as I speak to you, and um, and and keeping their keeping the time. Uh, but I just bought a sixth one, which uh, I had to I had to pre-order, so I won't have my paws on it for uh, another month, I think, unfortunately. But I'm very excited. I bought uh, another automatic watch um which maybe I'll I'll talk about more when it arrives but that means that you know right now there's no room in the inn in my watch winder so uh TCL is adding because it was designed to be modular from the start so that we could add on you know okay. keep the cost keep the initial cost more manageable but I could add more uh rotating units later on as my collection grew that was the the concept from the beginning so he's he's making two more pods rotating pods for me even though I only bought one more watch, it just seems sensible to have him make two at a time. Uh, plus, that'll keep it symmetrical, you know, adding one on either side rather than just on one side. But uh, he's making two more pots for me, and he's making a non-rotating bit for my non-automatic watches because I have I have three watches that don't need to rotate, but I do kind of want them, you know, in the same oh, display. Yeah, sure. I want them there so that when I'm deciding which watch to wear. All of my choices are right there in front of me. So he's upgrading my watch winder. So shout out to TCL and Priceless Projects, LLC.com. And like we always say, if you've got uh, an idea in your head and you want a nicer version than you can get at the uh, the Plastic China store, or if the thing in your head doesn't exist in the world, like my watch winder didn't, uh, he might be the guy to, to build it for you. So uh, look him up. Yes. He was nice enough to uh, take his attention to detail and plan a big scavenger hunt. Oh jeez, uh, <laughs> which was pretty fun. I don't, I don't know if "fun" is the word I would, I would choose. Um, yeah, okay, we could, we could talk about that. Uh, did you, did you find it nerve wracking? Well, um, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to tell. I, I don't want to actually say, say too much. <laughs> All right, well, never mind. Forget, <laughs> cut, cut that out. You don't want to. This is an area where uh, you don't want to know how the sausage got made. But uh, just skipping to the end, my partner and I and our teammates, uh, Carmine and Amanda, who are currently on their honeymoon, or actually I think they're already on their way back from Hawaii. But they, um, 
we, our team of four, we won the scavenger hunt. We we got first place, which came with a $180 cash prize, which was pretty cool. But wow. um, winning the scavenger hunt was probably not good for uh, my marriage. <laughs> like, um, we, you know, initially when you said that your partner uh, had had booted you from her team before the scavenger yes, hunt, uh, uh, there was no yes, no hesitation, no discussion. Just uh, we're on separate teams. Yeah, well, you guys, you guys had the right idea. Uh, I initially thought, huh, that was kind of kind of kind of mean but but no that was that was just smart in fact okay. that was not mean that was the compassionate choice i think <laughs> um it's not that it's not that my wife and i didn't work well together i mean we we obviously did uh because we won the damn thing but um i will not be on her team next year okay uh, in fact if i i'm going to offer to TCL i'm offering officially now here on the internet uh when he is organizing the next one. I think I'm going to volunteer to work on the support side. Okay. I, right. I think rather than participate, um, I'm going to help with the the logistics. I think that will be will be more fun for me. Go out on top. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Sure. I'll have a 100% record if I retire now. Yeah. So, what else do you want to talk about this week? Uh. Well, I I've got uh, you know. The random uh, techie stuff that okay. I get to work on at odd times at 4 a.m. when I'm up with babies. <clears throat> oh, oh! But what I actually do want to talk about is, uh, at least you're trying, is in the uh, Google Play Store. Yeah, I was just about to remark that we haven't actually on the show. We never announced your app. Yeah, it's. Uh, so this is it. This cool. is this is the announcement. Are you wearing your turtleneck? <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> um, I do have on glasses, but no turtleneck. Okay. So yeah, I'm in the in the Play Store. All right. So um, AOIT is no longer just a podcast. We are now a technology company. That's right. So uh, we should be closing our uh, our A round pretty soon here. Okay. I don't. Wanna, hoping, I don't know what that means. Hoping for a 500 million dollar evaluation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, we're hoping to be on next season of Startup, the podcast. There you go. On, on Gimlet, uh, Gimlet Media. <laughs> yeah, contact Bloomberg also. Sure. But once you get done with the bullet people. Okay. But yeah, it was it was cool. Right it was uh, it's a, mostly a reskin of a, of an existing um, podcast application. Wow, people don't need to know that. Wow, I mean, there was still fun bugs to fix, like your your crazy uh, URLs that uh, oh, well, that no. you stuck me with. Sorry. But uh, Sorry. no, I, I'm I'm happy with it, and uh, I'm. Hoping to, uh, you know, get to make little tweaks and improvements to it as we go. But uh, mm-hmm. the best part was just getting it, getting it up there, getting it out there. Yeah, I, that must have been very satisfying. I, I have it installed here on my, uh, my Samsung device, and it, it does exactly what it should do. It does what it says on the tin. It's, it's clean and functional, and seems to be all, all fast and efficient in terms of downloading and then undownloading when you're done listening and stuff. So it, it does exactly what you would need it to do. We we did talk about how the the use case for this app is understandably uh, limited. Like the best use case is essentially for non-podcasting people. You know, like people who don't people unlike us who are have a podcast uh, podcatcher and are listening to you know ten shows a week or whatever. Yeah. 
they if are you're, not, if you're already there you don't need this app but you, uh, you your, your dad app. was the best uh the best person to uh Right. Yeah, my dad kept forgetting this. how to access the show. So with the with the app installed, all he's got to do is push the button that has our show logo that's on his uh, on one of his screens, and the app opens. And if there's a number he doesn't recognize, if it's flagged as new, he pushes play, and and then he can listen to it. So for the um the the non podcast generation, this really does make it very accessible. Yeah. Uh. So we've got that linked on our website now. And if not, you can search the Play Store for At Least You're Trying Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, totally works. So congratulations on uh, on shipping that. Yeah, thanks. I think you did a good job. So let's see, what else, what else is happening in the, 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 the Technoverse? My Technoverse? I got a big, giant new phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Uh, yeah, the Nexus 6. Okay. I I am a, a couple months away from getting a new phone, and I have some decisions to make. Actually, this might be its own show. We've probably saved this, but I do want to – let's tease a future topic here. Um, I'm presupposing that we will actually record this show again. <laughs> we uh, um, I want to do a show about technology choices. So one is going to be about phones because basically I want you and possibly other informed listeners uh, such as the 10-gallon hat man to uh, help me choose correctly because it's time to choose a new phone okay. and I'm, I'm not sure I really nailed it last time. And I want to – and beyond just choosing a new phone, I don't want to just go to my carrier's website and you know pick the newest version of what I've had the last few generations. Uh, I also want to think about – because I think I'm paying too much. And I'm trying to decide if I want to go with one of these smaller companies that resells access to Sprint or AT&T's network or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And, I was very tempted to do that myself this time, but uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of got my mom along for the ride, so sure, right. I couldn't quite do that to her well, as and, well. So yeah, and my partner and I are on the same plan, but I feel like we're we're overpaying, uh, and I know we get subsidized phones. But I really want to figure out the numbers, the cost benefit on a subsidized phone with the major carrier, you know, Big Red that I'm on now, or do I want to try to go a different way, uh, pay for my phone up front like a gentleman, and um, and then you know have more options. So uh, I want to I want to do some research. I'm not prepared to talk about that today, but uh, I want to do a show about that. And then the other technology choices thing I want to talk about is with regards to cable cutting. Now that's I know an area where you have some experience right so uh, i've i've even actually clawed back a little bit more control over my uh my stuff yeah um so yeah we could definitely do a um i think you mentioned this as a topic idea maybe uh before you said hello and, i did uh, yeah I, I like it I, technology choices future episode yeah i don't really um, have a a ton of advice there it's well, just we could bring in there's another uh, another couple of people who I think uh, are in our friend circle who could contribute to this. So uh, before we get to that topic, we could uh, either arrange maybe a, a guest spot or or just you know liaise liaise right. with with them to get some some better information so that we we help the maximum number of people. That's what your show's that's, about that's, here, Matt. That, that's what. <laughs> Damn it! You beat me to the joke. Um, <laughs> that's that's right. Cool, cool. All right, all right. Oh, um, there was one thing I wanted to mention. I didn't put it in the notes, uh, and it, it's kind of it just popped into my head here. But 
Do you know about this uh, Women on 20s campaign? Women on 20s. Yeah. If you go to womenon20s.org, that's uh, this is about women 20 the number. wheels on their car? No. Um, <laughs> that's an excellent guess. This is about uh, putting a lady's face on the U.S. $20 bill. Oh. Instead of Andrew Jackson, who was, after all, a huge dick. Women on 20s.org. Yeah. Uh, 20 the number. Women on 20s, uh, 20 the number S. Org. It's a, you know, like I said, campaign to put a woman's face on the $20 bill. And there are candidates. I think there are, how many candidates? 15. There are 15 candidates for the primary round of voting. Uh, you vote for three. The top three vote getters in this primary round will advance to a final round. Uh, when that begins, you may return and vote again. So I've already voted uh, twice, if I'm honest, uh, once with each of my email addresses. Ah, nice. But uh, I, but I, I think I think people should do this. This is a cause... Uh, I want to refer our our listeners to. I voted, in case anyone's interested, for Elizabeth Cady Stanton and for uh, let's see, I'm scrolling here uh, for Harriet Tubman and for Clara Barton. Those were my three. Here's Clara Barton. This is cool. I had not heard of this. Yeah, and it's a nice website, and you can read a little bit about a little bio of each of the candidates before you make your choice, uh, or you can just go and, and click your three and enter your email address and cast your vote. But um, I, th- I think this is something we should do. I mean, U.S. currency is notoriously terrible. Yeah, you go other places and their money's all different sizes and pretty colors. Right. Functional for blind people. Yeah. And it's more durable, and they don't just have heads of state. You know, they have artists and poets and stuff like that. So, yeah. Some of that German money has, you know, math on it. What? Have you seen that? It's, it's like a there's <laughs> no. like a Fourier transform diagram on, on oh, cool. some German bill. Yeah. I can't remember huh. where I saw that now. Sorry to derail you. Well, is it is that on on a euro or cuz they're on the euro now. I'm, it could have been a euro, but I thought it was a mark. Huh. Although, well, no, so they don't, be... they're on the euros now, aren't they? Yeah. Hmm. I just realized I can't spell Fourier transform. F O U R I E R Fourier. R I E R right. Fourier transform on currency. I could be wrong about the. Uh, I am not finding it. Ah, oh, this is this is great audio. <laughs> uh, yeah, image search. I got nothing. Maybe it wasn't the Fourier transform. Maybe it was something else. Fourier transformers. <laughs> Sine wave of the Decepticonvolutions. <laughs> uh, it's just a random image. Okay. Anyways. Women on twenties. Uh, let's see what else is going on. You know, when you were talking about your babies and taking your babies to the doctors, I was thinking about my cat, who is um, staring at me at the moment. Because, you know, a cat normally goes to the vet once a year, right? Well, this cat has been to the vet ten times in the last couple months. Oh no. Uh, yeah, there's been this this whole saga. On on our last trip to New Orleans. Did I, have I told you any part of this story? No, I don't know anything about this. Oh, I just wa- literally watched the cat fall down. Okay, so she falls down all the time now. Oh, because no. on her last trip to New Orleans, the uh, the cat was here unattended in in the house. We we had somebody come by uh, twice to make sure the food and water was holding out, and you know just check on her, and and nothing out of the order was reported by that visitor. But when we got home, which was late, it was you know like eleven thirty or midnight when we were hitting the house. I was looking for the cat, looking for the cat, couldn't find her. 
Uh, and then she like drags herself. She can't walk. She drags herself out from under a piece of furniture that she had crawled under probably to die. She was nearly dead. She could barely make a sound. Uh, she had lost more than a third of her body weight. Oh, no. And she, her, her head was, was tilted. She had this, like, this pathological tilt and she couldn't maintain her balance. And there was all this crusty stuff on her head by her ears, which at the time I thought might be blood. I, I thought she had had a stroke or something, you know, or a seizure or something like that, something horrible. She hadn't eaten in days because her, her food is up on a, up on a thing so that the dog can't get it. Sure. But she couldn't get to her food because oh, she couldn't, because no. she lost her, her balance. Yeah. So we race her to the emergency vet, and they were really great. Not the not the blue pearl, but the the nice one. Well, not the nice one, but the good one. You know, it's not as fancy as blue pearl, but the people aren't jerks. I think I know the one you're talking about. That is a nice vet. Yeah, and they were they were they were so great. Uh, and they didn't we didn't feel gouged at all, uh, even though we were getting there at one in the morning or whatever. Right. But yeah, so right away the doctors uh, were able to calm us down because uh, they they told us it was uh, it was an ear infection, and this is the sort of thing that that happens sometimes. Oh, uh, so she she got a, a deep inner ear infection, and that f-ed up her vestibular system, and she lost her balance. She wasn't wasn't able to balance, and then of course she wasn't able to eat. So antibiotics and steroids are prescribed and some stuff goes in the ear and that gets all cleaned out and uh, she starts bouncing back right away, uh, starts eating just voraciously, um, <laughs> gains, gains the weight back pretty quickly. And, um, but here we are months later and she still got the impaired balance and the head tilt. Hmm. Not nearly as bad. I mean, she gets around um, – she can jump up and get to her food, uh, but she sometimes gets it wrong and falls and crashes, and she has all these fucking, all these ridiculous spills, <laughs> and, she, and she can't jump up on anything about higher than our bed, uh, and to get up on the bed, she has to use her claws, so she'll jump up with her forepaws and put them up and didn't get her claws in and then, like, pull herself, so basically she climbs now. <laughs> oh, jeez. <right? laughs> It's pretty. It's pretty pathetic. I, it's it's funny now that we know she's not going to die. I mean, at the time, at, initially it was really scary, but yeah. Um, now it's now it's just ridiculous. It's, we have this ridiculous uh, special needs cat, but she's um, you know, she, she's in good spirits and and she's very active and uh, she doesn't seem um, intellectually impaired, as it were. You know, she's okay. no dumb, no dumber than she was before. She just appears much dumber. <laughs> Because she's always looking at you sideways, which is hilarious, and she falls down a lot. Uh, so I'll put a, a, a picture, maybe a video, in the show notes of our sideways cat. Huh. Yeah, so we keep going to the vet, and, you know, we tried more courses of the antibiotics because it seemed like she was getting worse for a little bit. And we thought maybe the infection wasn't quite dead, you know? So we've done these several courses of meds, and and she basically is is the same. So now our our vet wants us to meet with a specialist there's like one guy in the tampa bay area who is a dermatologist but he specializes in in this kind of infection as well uh and does inner and, and there, apparently there's a procedure he can do i guess it's under general anesthetic where it's a, a like a minimally invasive ear operation to um hopefully really get at the really get at the cause you know, and she's a young cat. If she was, you know, if she was like twelve, I wouldn't bother. I'd be like, whatever, just be sideways for a couple of years, and then, you know, and then that'll be it. But she's, you know, she's like three, so it, I guess we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna meet with the the specialist, and we're gonna see what the what this 
the shit it's going to cost. But, wow. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the infection could have damaged the, the tubes and stuff in there. And yeah. The, those tissues aren't very thick, you know, so. Right, right. And, you know, you would think that just through the plasticity of the brain that it would work itself out, but she's definitely plateaued in terms of her, her improvement. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Sideways uh, cat. Sideways cat. The neck thing is super weird, though. What do you mean? To the, the sideways head. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at her right now. She looks ridiculous. She wants me to let her. She's outside the glass door. She wants me to let her in. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's our uh, that's the cat saga. It's ongoing. Sideways cat. Yeah. <sighs> well, oh, I was gonna mention a new listener. I, I got us a new listener the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, just briefly. Yeah, I was sitting at a uh, local establishment, listening to a podcast, chuckling to myself, and the bartender asked, uh, "What you listen to?" And I said, "Oh, a podcast." And he's like, "Oh, which one?" Because he, you know. You never know how <laughs> how much of a conversation you're going to start with that topic. So he was a podcast guy, and he told me about his favorites, and I told him about my favorites, and we had some similar, we had some stuff uh, in common. <laughs> he told me about one podcast I hadn't heard of before called Analyze Fish, <laughs> okay. which is hysterical. Like it's apparently it's already defunct. So, but there's a there's a back catalog that I've been listening to. It's the the show. You know who Scott Ackerman is from Comedy Bang Bang? No, but I do. I do know that uh, that title. Okay, I, I'm familiar with the Comedy Gang Bang brand. Comedy Bang Bang was an, originally a podcast, and then it became a IFC television show. So he his his podcast career is is uh, on the up. But he he recorded this other show where he, his friend basically tries to get him to like Fish the Band. <laughs> So it's analyzed fish with a pH. Okay. And the whole show is um, initially the first several episodes where the other guy, whose name I forget, playing clips of songs and trying to get him into the <laughs> and like and just failing. And it's really funny. I, they just have a really funny rapport. Um, and and then finally, I think it was episode five was was the probably the the pinnacle for me. Uh, they actually go to a fish show together in New York and. Uh, for New Year's Eve at Madison Square Gardens, and okay. record a bunch of audio and uh, and do drugs, and it's hysterical. <laughs> it's really funny. So uh, the the this bartender put me onto that, but um, I guess just in passing, I mentioned that uh, I actually make a podcast with a friend of mine, and he said, "Oh, really? What's it called?" And I gave him and I told him the title, and he said, "All right, I'll uh, I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, whenever I try out a new podcast, this is his method." Whenever I try out a new podcast, I listen to the most recent episode and the first episode. And I was like, oh, please don't listen to our first episode. <laughs> He's like, nope, nope, that's my process. That's okay. what I'm going to do. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and then uh, a, a week or two after that, I was back in the same establishment, and he said he listened to the show, and he liked it, and he was listening to other episodes. Cool. So shout out to uh, our friendly neighborhood bartender. Oh, we need a better suit than that. Um, yes. Sure. If if he listened to the first one and he's still he's still going. <laughs> yeah, that is um yeah, he's showing some some patience. Well, uh <laughs> I got nothing. It doesn't have to be now. I okay. just meant yeah, in all right, general. All right. We'll we'll workshop that. <laughs> we'll we'll workshop that. We we'll, we'll get we'll get back to you listeners. We should, 
we should wrap this one up. We probably should. What do you uh, What do you think the chances are of uh, doing this again in a in a, a week or two? Uh, hmm. it's tough. Yeah, I can't commit to anything right now. I'm really sorry. I, I apologize to everyone out there in listening land. The community. The community. Um, right. That uh, yeah, I just can't commit to anything right now. Uh, it's hard to draw the fish. It's hard to draw the fish. Uh, it's hard to schedule babysitters and such. Um, sure. So, yep, can't commit to anything right now, but uh, everything's looking like I should be able to, uh, you know, get back to the to the show a little bit here. I mean, there's there's got to be an hour and a half you can steal on a semi-regular basis, you know? And that's really all we need, right? Yeah. I, I mean... Everything else I can do on my end, so we we should try to get back in the at least fortnightly recording schedule. All right. Do you think we can? Do you think we can make this happen again within the fortnight? I think so. Okay, I think so too. I think so too. I'm 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 willing to push a little to make that happen. <laughs> All right, good deal. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm I'm super glad that we got to record episode 52 today. And yeah, uh, it was it was nice. So I hope maybe a few people will get a. Get a smile when it shows up on their devices or whatever. Yeah, or on their bespoke apps. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listeners, thanks for your patience. Uh, if you're still out there, if you're still listening, thanks for uh, for sticking uh, with us. 